Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, original edition, which is published by our very good friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an ongoing copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse on the link at top for online edition, you'll see the drop-down menu, read ACIMOE. Also on that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, and there you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the lesson for the day as well as the text that we read every morning together. My name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 31 with Section 4, The Real Alternative. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 328. I choose the second place to gain the first. And if um, you'd like to give some thought to leading that lesson reflection at the top of the hour, um, our dear friend will be uh, spending time with her grandkids this morning. So we'd welcome a volunteer for that. Um, Let's see here. My way of opening, gosh. You know, this poem from Rumi is almost as if he tapped into the minds that gave us today's lesson, which is the second place to gain the first when he wrote this poem. It's just so perfect for the day. And it goes like this. We stood together hand in hand in primordial time, and now at last we are one again. We are all of one soul, struggling along one path and all drunk with the same wine. From among the two worlds, we chose love alone. Except for that, love, there is no thing we adore. What bitterness did our souls suffer from separation? A ray from the sun came in through an opening and raised us up in dignity, however low we were. Oh, sunlight, don't withhold your loving radiance from us. By your radiance, we are transformed into rubies. It is because of you we exist, dancing like particles before you in our yearning for you. We abandon all chains. I choose the second place to gain the first. Amen. Thank you, Lori. That's a beautiful, beautiful poem. I sure did love finding it. And sharing it and thank you okay my friends here's our reading list today we have Lemoyne Karen Jessica and Charles and with us listening today we have Harrison and Wendy has anyone joined us that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list
Okay. Well, we're glad you're all here. <clears throat> and everyone's here assembled and everybody's buttons are working just fine. I'm ready to go. So here we go. Chapter Hi, Lana. Hi. 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 With my new phone, I can't seem to find the unmute button, but I'll be listening today. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) So glad to see you. (laughs) Got in there right under the wall. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. Very, very, very glad. Thank you. <clears throat> We've had some technological difficulties this morning, so uh, I'm happy to hear you. All right. So now we're ready. Chapter 31, the new beginning. No, chapter 31 is the simplicity of salvation. And today is section four, the real alternative. Today we start at paragraph 33. There is a tendency to think the world can offer consolation and escape from problems, which its purpose is to keep. Why should this be? Because it is a place where choice among illusions seems to be the only choice. And you are in control of outcomes of your choosing. Thus you think within the narrow band from birth to death, a little time is given you to use for you alone a time when everyone conflicts with you, but you can choose which road will lead you out of conflict and away from difficulties which concern you not. Yet they are your concern. How then can you escape from them by leaving them behind? What must go with you, you will take with you, whatever road you choose to walk along. Chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation. Section 4, The Real Alternative. There is a tendency to think the world can offer consolation and escape from problems which its purpose is to keep. Why should this be? Because it is a place where choice among illusions seems to be the only choice. And you are in control of outcomes of your choosing. Thus you think within the narrow band from birth to death, a little time is given you to use for you alone, a time when everyone conflicts with you, but you can choose which road will lead you out of conflict and away from difficulties which concern you not. Yet they are your concern. How then can you escape from them by leaving them behind? What must go with you, you will take with you whatever road you choose to walk along. Real choice is no illusion. But the world has none to offer. All its roads but lead to disappointment, nothingness, and death. There is no choice in its alternative. Seek not escape from problems here. 
the world was made that problems could not be escaped. Be not deceived by all the different names its roads are given. They have but one end, and each is but the means to gain that end. For it is here that all its roads will lead, however differently they seem to start, however differently they seem to go. Their end is certain, for there is no choice among them. All of them will lead to death. On some you travel gaily for a while before the bleakness enters, and on some the thorns are felt at once. The choice is not what the ending will be, but when it comes. Thank you, Lemoyne. Uh, Karen. 34. Real choice is no illusion, but the world has none to offer. All its roads but lead to disappointment, nothingness, and death. There is no choice in its alternatives. Seek not, from, seek not escape from problems here. The world was made that problems could not be escaped. Be not deceived by all the different names its roads are given. They have but one end. And each is but the means to gain that end. For it is here that all its roads will lead, however differently they seem to start, however differently they seem to go. Their end is certain, for there is no choice among them. All of them will lead to death. On some you travel gaily for a while before the bleakness enters, and on some the thorns are felt at once. The choice is not what will the ending be, but when it comes. 35. There is no choice where every end is sure. Perhaps you would prefer to try them all before you really learn they are but one. The roads this world can offer seem to be quite large in number, but the time must come when everyone begins to see how like they are to one another. Men have died on seeing this because they saw no way except the pathways offered by the world. And learning, they led nowhere, lost their hope. And yet, this was the time they could have learned their greatest lesson. All must reach this point and go beyond it. It is true indeed, there is no choice at all within the world. But this is not the lesson in itself. The lesson has a purpose. And in this, you come to understand what life is. Excuse me. The lesson has a purpose. And in this, you come to understand what it is for. Thank you, Karen. Um, and Jessica. <clears throat> 35. There, there is no choice where every end is sure. Perhaps you would prefer to try them all before you really learn they, they are but one. The roads this world can offer 
seem to be quite large in number, but the time must come when everyone begins to see how like they are to one another. Men have died on seeing this because they saw no way except the pathways offered by the world. And learning they led nowhere lost their hope. And yet this was the time they could have learned their greatest lesson. All must reach this point and go beyond it. It is true indeed there is no choice at all within the world. But this is not the, the lesson in itself. The lesson has a purpose. And in this, you come to understand what it is for. Why would you seek to try another road, another person, or another place when you have learned the way the lesson starts but do not yet perceive what it is for? Its purpose is the answer to the search that all must undertake who still believe there is another answer to be found. Learn now without despair. There is no hope of answer in the world. But do not judge the lesson which is but begun with this. Seek not another signpost in the world which seems to point to still another road. No longer look for hope where there is none. Make fast your learning now. Make fast your learning now and understand you but <laughs> understand you but waste time unless you go beyond what you have learned to what is yet to learn. For from this lowest point will learning lead to heights of happiness in which you see the purpose of the lesson shining clear and perfectly within your learning grasp. How lovely. Boy, isn't it just. Thank you, Jessica. And Charles. Why would you seek to try another road? Another person? Or another place? When you have learned the way the lesson starts, but do not yet perceive what it is for. Its purpose is the answer to the search that all must undertake who still believe there is another answer to be found. <clears throat> Learn now without despair. There is no hope of answer in the world, but do not judge the lesson which is but begun with this. Seek not another signpost in the world which seems to point to still another road. No longer look for hope where there is none. Make fast your learning now and understand you but waste time unless you go beyond what you have learned to what is yet to learn. For from this lowest point will learning lead to heights of happiness in which you see the purpose 
of the lesson shining clear, perfectly within your learning grasp. 37. Who would be willing to be <clears throat> who would be willing to be turned away from all the roadways of the world unless he understood their real futility? Is it not needful that he should begin with this to seek another way instead? For while he sees a choice where there is none, what power of decision can he use? The great release of power must begin with learning where it really has a use. And what decision has power if it be applied in situations without choice? Thank you, Charles. Um, and would there be a new reader for 37 and 38? Good morning. I'm in. <laughs> Thanks, Judy. You're welcome. 37. Who would be willing to be turned away from all the roadways of the world unless he understood their real futility? Is it not needful that he should begin with this? to seek another way instead. For while he sees a choice where there is none, what power of decision can he use? The great release of power must begin with learning where it really has a use. And what decision has power if it be applied in situations without a choice? The learning that the world can offer but one choice no matter what this form may be, is the beginning of acceptance that there is a real alternative instead. To fight against the step is to defeat your purpose here. You do not come to learn to find a road the world does not contain. The search for different pathways in the world is but the search for different forms of truth. And this would keep the truth from being reached. Thank you, Judy. Um, and would there be another new reader for 38 and 39? 38 and 39? Okay, that's for you then, one The learning that the world can offer but one choice, no matter what its form may be, is the beginning of acceptance that there is a real alternative instead. To fight against this step is to defeat your purpose here. You did not come to learn to find a road the world does not contain. The search for different pathways in the world 
is but the search for different forms of truth. And this would keep the truth from being reached. Think not that happiness is ever found by following a road away from it. This makes no sense and cannot be the way. To you who seem to find this course to be too difficult to learn, let me repeat that to achieve a goal, you must proceed in its direction, not away from it. And every road that leads the other way will not advance the purpose to be found. If this be difficult to understand, then is this course impossible to learn? But only that. For otherwise, it is a simple teaching in the obvious. Thank you, LeBoyne. Uh, Karen. 39. Think not that happiness is ever found by following a road away from it. This makes no sense and cannot be the way. To you who seem to find this course too difficult to learn, let me repeat that to, to, to achieve a goal, you must proceed in its direction, not away from it. And every road that leads the other way will not advance the purpose to be found. If this be difficult to understand, then is this course impossible to learn? But only then, for otherwise, it is a simple teaching in the obvious. 40. There is a choice which you have power to make when you have seen the real alternatives. Until that point is reached, you have no choice. And you can but decide how you would choose the better to deceive yourself again. This course attempts to teach no more than that the power of decision cannot lie in choosing different forms of what is still the same illusion, and the same mistake. All choices in the world depend on this. You choose between your brother and yourself, and you will gain as much as he will lose, and what you lose is what is given him. How utterly opposed to truth is this when the lesson's purpose is to teach that what your brother loses, you have lost. And what he gains is what is given you. Thank you, Karen. Um, and Jessica. <clears throat> there is a choice. Oh, 40. There is a choice which you have power to make when you have seen the real alternatives. Until that point is reached, you have no choice, and you can but decide how you would choose the better to deceive yourself again. This course attempts to teach no more than that the power of decision cannot lie in choosing different forms of what is still the same illusion and the same mistake. All choices in the world depend on this. You choose between your brother and yourself, and you will gain as much as he will lose, 
and what you lose is what is given him. How utterly opposed to truth is this, when the, lesson, when the lesson's purpose is to teach that what your brother loses, you have lost, and what he gains is what is given you. 41. He has not left his thoughts, but you forget his presence and remember not his love. No pathway in the world can lead to him, nor any worldly goal is one with his. What road in all the world will lead within when every road was made to separate the journey from the purpose it must have unless it be but futile wandering? All roads that lead away from what you are will lead you to confusion and despair. Yet has he never lost, I mean, yet has he never left his thoughts to die without their source forever in themselves. And I have to switch to see the rest of this because I'm on my Kindle. Um... Almost there. Yet has he never left his thoughts to die without their source forever in themselves. He has not left his thoughts. He could no more depart from them than they could keep him out. In unity with him they do abide, and in their oneness both are kept complete. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, Charles. Forty-one. He has not left his thoughts, but you forget his presence and remember not his love. No pathway in the world can lead to him, nor any worldly goal is one with his. What road in the world would lead within when every road was made to, to separate the journey from the purpose it must have, unless it be but futile wandering? All roads that lead away from what you are will lead you to confusion and despair. Yet has he never left his thoughts to die without their source forever in themselves. He has not left his thoughts. He could no more depart from them than they could keep him out. In unity with him do they abide, and in their oneness both are kept complete. 42. There is no road that leads away from him, A journey from yourself does not exist. How foolish and insane it is to think that there could be a road with which such an aim. Where could it go? And how could you be made to travel on it, walking there without your own reality at one with you? 
Forgive yourself your madness and forget all senseless journeys and all goalless aims. They have no meaning. You cannot escape from what you are. For God is merciful and did not let his son abandon him. For what he is, be thankful. For in that is your escape from madness and from death. Nowhere but where he is can you be found. There is no path that does not lead to him. Thank you, Charles um, and Judy. But Judy, are you able to read 42? Uh, now you're muted. Okay, do we have a new uh, reader who'd like to finish this morning with 42? Can you hear me now? Now we can hear you. Yes, oh, thank I, you. I've got too many mute buttons. <laughs> okay. Excuse the interruption. I'll read the last line. He has not left his thoughts. He could no more depart from them than he could keep him out. In unity with him do they abide, and in their oneness both are kept complete. There is no road that leads away from him. A journey from yourself does not exist. How foolish and insane it is to think that there could be a road with such a name. Where could it go? And how could you be made to travel on it, walking there without your own reality at one with you? Forgive yourself your madness and forget all the senseless journeys and all the goalless aims. They have no meaning. You cannot escape from what you are. For God is merciful and did not let his son abandon him. For what he is, be thankful. For in that is your escape from madness and from death. Nowhere but where, capital he is, can you be found. There is no path that does not lead to him. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And, um, you know, it just it just occurs to me, we have five minutes left. And since Fran isn't here today uh, to highlight uh, from what is creation, I think it would be marvelous in these five minutes if we could read what is creation, um, especially in light of the fact that he has not left his thoughts, or capital T, and that's what he would like us to um, understand from what is creation. We have five readers, one, two, three, four, five, and five paragraphs. Would it be all right to stop, stop, start again at the top of the list with you, Lemoyne? And we'll read the five paragraphs of what is creation together. 
it's okay for me. All right. You go ahead and start. Thanks. Okay. What is creation? Creation is the sum of all God's thoughts in number infinite and everywhere without all limit. Only love creates and only like itself. There was no time when all that it created was not there. Nor will there be a time when anything that it created suffers any pain. Forever and forever are God's thoughts exactly as they were and as they are, unchanged through time and after time done. Thank you, Lemoyne. And <laughs> there it is. Karen. Are given all the power that their own creator has. For he would add to love by its extension. Thus his son shares in creation and must therefore share in power to create. What God has willed to be forever one will still be one when time is over and will not be changed throughout the course of time. Remaining as it was before the thought of time began. Thank you, Karen. Um, and Jessica, are you able to do the third paragraph? Yes. Creation is the opposite of all illusions, for creation is the truth. Creation is the Holy Son of God, for in creation is his will complete in every aspect, making every part container of the whole. Its oneness is forever guaranteed inviolate, forever held within his body, within his holy will, beyond all possibility of harm, of separation, imperfection, and of any spot upon its sinlessness. Thank you, Jessica. And Charles. Paragraph four. We are creation. We are the sons of God. We seem to be discreet and unaware of our eternal unity with him. Yet back of all our doubts, past all our fears, there still is certainty. For love remains with all its thoughts, its sureness being theirs. God's memory is our holy minds. God's memory is in our holy minds, which know their oneness and their unity with their creator. Let our function be only to let this memory return, only to let God's will be done on earth, only to be restored to sanity and to be but as God created us. Thank you, Charles. I'm Judy. 
Thank you. Our Father calls to us. We hear his voice, and we forgive creation in the name of its creator, holiness itself, whose holiness his own creation shares, whose holiness is still a part of us. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And so today we have Lesson 328. I choose. I choose the second place to gain the first. And I wonder if there's anyone who'd like to volunteer to lead our reflection this morning. I'd be happy to read it. Thanks, um, Judy. Lesson 328. I choose the second place to gain the first. What seems to be the greatest, or excuse me, what seems to be the second place is the first. Is, let me start over again. I choose the second place to gain the first. What seems to be the second place is first. For all things we perceive are upside down until we listen to the voice of God. It seems that we will gain autonomy, but by our striving to be separate and that our independence from the rest of God's creation is the way in which salvation is obtained. Yet all we find is sickness, suffering, and loss, and death. This is not what our Father wills for us, nor is there any second to his will. To join with his is but to find our own. And since our will is his, it is to him that we must go to recognize our will. There is no will but yours. And I am glad that nothing I imagine contradicts what you would have me be. It is your will that I be wholly safe, eternally at peace. And happily, I share that will which you, my Father, gave as part of me. In stillness will remain for five
There is no will but yours. I choose the second place to gain the first. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. I'd love to uh, to come in about um, it. It seems to go perfectly with the reading that we just did, the real alternative. The first place, and I shared I shared this in the first call because, but it's really a much bigger thought. And the first place is we, we as humans, we all want to be happy. We all want to feel safe. We want security. We want love. We want connection. We want all of these things that we think will bring us happiness. But in our egos, we seek the thousand paths to find it ourselves in our autonomous private world, in our sense of separation. If I do this, I'll get that. That's the first path. That's being ego-minded. We, we seek outwardly. We seek the world. We seek the world to find our happiness, to find our fulfillment, if, to find self-esteem, to find security and safety and get all our needs met. And we think we have to do it ourselves. But the truth is, the second place, the second place is going within the second place is going to our true self, the self that's one with God, the self that's one with everything, all creation, where God is remembered. We have to go within. We have to not seek the thousand paths that all lead to death. We have to seek the one path that leads to, leads to eternity, that leads to wholeness. Um. In that inner world, we discover that we're one with everything. And, and it's that, it, that old song or prayer, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all shall be added. But we have, to, we have to choose to take the second place. It's like presence. Um, when we go within... We discover our spiritual awareness, our space itself, a sense of presence, a sense of um, the holy instant. When we find that place, when we open our eyes to the external world, that place is bigger than the external world. We no longer, the external world is not this big, wild, crazy, chaotic, loud thing. But because we went to the, to the quiet, still place, that place becomes louder, the stillness becomes louder than the outer world. And when we open our eyes and we walk about in the outer world, we're still in a walking meditation at one with God. What's that song? Um, Jesus, um, when I, when Jesus, when he hears my call, um, walking by my side, so satisfied. All Jesus, 
Jesus is always with us. That call from yesterday's lesson, you know, all we have to do is call and Christ is with us. But we become aware that that's with us always. It's always with us. God remembered who we are, God in us, God in everything, God in our brothers. And it also helps us to deal with what what we discover um, those places, we recognize those places where the states of mind are not what we want, which, you know, is very meaningful to me um, because I feel like I feel a lot of uh, irritation in my emotional body and in my presence. When I'm in presence, I can witness it and not be identified with it. I don't have to dive into the story. I can be in the stillness and observe it. And I'm sort of saying to myself these days, my ego doesn't like this. <laughs> you know, it gives me a little space between me and it. The ego doesn't like this situation, but I offer this situation to the inner altar, to the Holy Spirit, for it to be healed. Because somehow I'm holding some negative feelings and they're trying to be projected into the outer world where they don't belong and they really have no, you know, they have no basis. They have no truth out there. There's something inside, but they definitely need to be undone by the Holy Spirit because I just keep fighting with it and being conflicted by it. Anyway, um, so the outer world is the place where there's only one one choice and that's death but it has a thousand forms and the inner world which is truth has everything everything that's true all creation and complete thank you that was a complete share thank you so much for it Karen It's just beautiful. Yeah, thank you. That was really great. And and as for that last part um, about the ego making a lot of noise, um, it's it's sort of a synchronous that you should bring that up because I just read a teaching yesterday from Moji who I respect quite a bit, not that he's my guru or, or anything, but you know when you know uh, one who's traveled the way and knows the truth. But anyway, his teaching is this, that the closer the closer I come to heaven, um, you know, and even in the Course of Miracles, it's the same thing. You are now at the gates to heaven. Before you are the lawns to heaven. Um, before I get to that place, where I'm able to abide or maintain Christ consciousness, as Course of Love says, the ego gets really noisy. And the closer, the closer I come um, to truth, um, I should not be alarmed or afraid when the ego starts to make a lot of noise, because that's at the very moment when that thing I'm ready to release comes to my attention. So. Um, his teaching is take that as a very good sign. And that seems to be my experience as well. 
So anyway, just all for that. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Laurie. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Thank you, Lori. Yeah, I'm reminded of something that's early on in the text that, you know, when we first start out, you know, all we can hear is the ego, ego's voice, you know, the squirrel in the cage, and it keeps us up all night, and it's in our head everywhere we go, the itty-bitty committee, and, you know, it's just, it's madness. It's so such madness. And um, But early on in the text, it speaks of what you just spoke of, that um, it gets louder the more we learn how to be in the stillness and closer to our natural factory settings. It, the ego does not go down gently into the night, you know. It's like, ah, I'm still here. <laughs> but the truth of it is that we, in the beginning, were so unaware of the still, small voice. Um, and then, you know, that the least little disturbance of that, um, the capital voice, sounds louder just because... Um, we've learned we've learned to relinquish the ego's voice and and letting it go is is meaningless and you know just some bad weather you know um, the lessons it's, it's funny I noticed in my experience this morning the 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 watchfulness the the um, it's like an uh, an alert awakened awakefulness of my thinking lately like. Um, somebody talked about going to a, a Black Friday sale and wanting to be the first in line. And <laughs> I noticed that, Bob, we went to this big buffet for dinner yesterday, and, you know, people couldn't wait to get to be, get to be the first in line. And, and I thought, that's not an original thought. You know, how long have been people been thinking those those kinds of thoughts? But the, the joyful... Um, um, joyfulness and stepping back like Karen spoke of that and just watching my thoughts go and 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 just pop them like a cartoon in a like a bubble thought in a cartoon you know they they put the little thoughts or or whatever the cartoon character is speaking in in a little thought bubble and just popping it like that like they're not my thoughts they're just thoughts and thoughts God knows where thoughts come from, but there's a gazillion of them, and you can pick and choose. And that's the joy of spiritual freedom, that I can pick and choose. I can look at thoughts and say, well, that's a good one. How's that one working for you? You know, and watching other people talk and think and act yesterday, I thought, you know, we're just a bunch of two-year-olds pretending that we're adults here. And everybody's looking at everybody like they're in bodies and, and judging everybody. And, and until we're, you know, totally, and I'll finish with this because this is where I started off thinking I wanted to share. What I wanted to share was that I seem to be coming to the lessons with uh, an alert kind of a wakefulness a beginner's kind of a mind and letting go of everything I think I know and giving myself wholeheartedly, whole, with an empty mind and an empty heart and, and sitting down with Christ 
Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's in silence for me and saying, join with me in this and teach me what you would have me learn today because I know I still am a happy learner and I'm a happy learner because of who my teacher is, that I know I need not learn through pain. All pain is of the ego and my ego significantly is gone and I've learned to recognize the difference. And um, so it is my will is one with God that I will to be peaceful. And my greatest, my greatest um, thing, I think, um, came that aided to my spiritual growth and maturity was constancy. The idea of constant and constant changelessness in me, that is me, that it's the truth in me, that I claim it and I own it and it never leaves me. And all the rest is coming and going, temporal and, and local, and but the changeless in me is everywhere all the time and it's beautiful and it's loving and it's peaceful and that I can depend upon, I can rely upon. And I can know it's myself is the truth, constant, consistent, changelessness. Amen, you guys. So grateful we're all here together. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Good morning. It's Harrison. Interesting thing about both the reading and the lesson. It begins by suggesting that there are two choices or two places, second place, and first place, that there are alternatives. And, but when you boil down both, it's the realization that there is no choice. There is no other alternative. There is only God. There is only oneness. There is only the truth. And my problem has been that I've been thinking that I 
have a choice. And in this world, and this illusion, it's all about making choices. I'm so used to doing that. So the course then it takes that into account. If you believe that there are choices, you believe that you can be good or bad, or that someone else can be good or bad. But at the end of the day, there is a realization that there is only good. There is only love. There's only peace. There's only joy. There is only happiness. Real choice, he says, is no illusion, but the world has none to offer. None. Oh. It's roads that lead to disappointment, nothingness, and death. Who would choose that choice? There is no choice in the world's alternatives. You can't escape from problems here. The world which made the problems cannot be escaped. There are no solutions that will work in the world. The world was made for us to believe that there are problems. You solve one, another one pops up. It's just like whack-a-mole. The real alternative is between truth and illusion. one or the other. And I'm always choosing between truth and illusion. The truth is, I am as God created me. And only what God created has reality. And what God created is only love, peace, and happiness. 
There's only an illusion of choice. I'm complete. Now that was excellent, Harrison. Thank you very much. That really nice. Really Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. That was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Thank you, Harrison. Morning, this is Charles. God placed within the container the whole. Within that whole, he placed completely all that he is in each container. I am the all of the all in all. And as I seek the all in my brothers and sisters and in every container, in every form, I remember God's love and unity we share together as one. And if I seek anything else, I seek nothing. For God is all in all. If I seek to a container, then I seek for nothing. Yet I see containers fall around all the time. All these containers getting blown apart. All these containers falling down. Realizing the container is not the all of all. It is but the container of the all in all. And as I remember God in truth, and the world is that which contains all the problems, and God's love and light shines beyond all that. When I seek the kingdom of God within, and all shall be added unto me. Speaks of our unity. Speaks of our love we share together as one. Speaks of the joy that dances inside the light of love itself. I seek not the world nor the paths of the world nor glorify the containers within the world, but the light of love that shines brightly and beautifully. I honor those who, who fall and we mend and put back together because the all that shines within them are so brightly and so loved. And we cherish God's love and God's joy. But it is the all in the all, not the container. That is everything to me. And I honor them in however they appear before me. And I would come to know the truth of God's kingdom within each and every one. And not my opinion of how that is, but the experience of how that is. For only experience can teach me what the truth is, not my opinions or understandings. 
I am the all of the all in all. As God created, I choose second place in order to gain first. With that, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. I must say, I um, must choose the second to gain the first. It's very clear in my mind that the, there is only one choice. It's a choiceless choice, like Harrison so beautifully expressed. The um, choiceless choice for truth that I need not seek what I already am. I need, this is a time of acceptance for me to accept the truth of how God created me to be. And in that standing in my home ground, I'm at home in heaven, my constant state of peace, my constant state of joy, and recognizing, recognizing and accepting and acknowledging that God is me, within me, always and forever. I am a part of him in Christ consciousness in that alert, awakened awareness of who I am and everything with me, that there is nothing that's part or separate or different in that wholeness of the one-mindedness and one spirit. I need not achieve it or become it or seek it. I am it. I am it. This is a time of acceptance that we were created perfect. It is in its own perfection. Already, always has been, is now, and always will be. Changelessly perfect. Holy and complete. Amen. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Charles. I wanted to say thank you to you. Um, I was wondering. I was just wondering. I have more that I wanted to share, but because things came up when other people were talking. But first, I was wondering if um, Jessica wanted to share, or Lori, or Lemoyne, or Lana. So anyway, thank you. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, this is Lori, and I'm going to jump in uh, just real quick because I. I know uh, I want to hear what you want to add, and I want to hear um, what anyone else wants to add. But something came up, and, and I feel like I want to talk about it for a minute. In paragraph 40, um, there is a choice which you have power to make when you have seen the real alternatives. Until that point is reached, you have no choice, and you can but decide how you would choose the better to deceive yourself again. That sentence, um, that sentence could well be um, said to me, how do I now navigate my life? How do I now navigate my life? Understanding all the truth that's been given me and assimilating that truth into my new life. Just that sentence. I, I look back at, because, um, you know, we have a model. We have a model for thought, and that model for thought is Christ. 
And so I looked back at chapter 3, paragraph 48, where he says, I was a man who remembered the soul and its knowledge. And in that quest, he says, truth cannot deal Truth cannot deal with unwilling error because it does not will to be blocked out. If you think about that sentence, um, given us from our model for thought, um, something comes clear. And what comes clear is this sentence that I just read. I need to see the alternatives before I can make a choice. That's the way I use my will. That is our power, to use the will that's given us, the will we share with God. But until I see the alternatives, I can't use that will. Why? Because truth cannot deal with unwilling error. It does not will to be blocked out. And so when ego awareness comes to me, now that I'm navigating this new life, I have another seeming choice. Will I view this as uh, an error and uh, blame myself or look down or shame myself somehow? Or will I look at this as the Holy Spirit's gift to me in bringing the alternatives from which I can choose to my awareness? You see? Because truth cannot deal with unwilling error, I can't see the alternatives. I'll choose a way to deceive myself again. So it's a good thing. It's a very good thing when something comes to my awareness for me to choose to exercise my power over. He says, your power of decision is the one remaining power you have in this life. You can decide to see it right. But to see it right, I must be aware of the alternatives. You see? So these little things that percolate up, you know, um, Course in Love describes it so beautifully. These little things that percolate up from the bottom of your subconscious and bubble up to the surface of your awareness, all they need is a glance from your own compassion, a nod to the God in you, a recognition that love now can see this differently. And that is the exercise of our power. There's a power, he says, that it's in you, but not of you. In the discussion of littleness and magnitude, he wants me to be aware that when I accept the second place, I choose the second place, I choose the place of you tell me, Father, I don't know. It's not clear to me. Something's come to my awareness that makes me unhappy, that causes me concern, or I feel anxious, or hurts me, or somehow makes me feel less than safe, or I want to blame or judge. It comes to my awareness, Father. Help me understand what this means to me. Now that I see this at the surface of my awareness, how can I extend compassion, love, and mercy to this thing. And then this thing, whatever it is, that seemed hurtful, turns out to be another blessing. That's one thing I wanted to say that I think is really important. Unwilling error because it does not will to be blocked out. I need to be aware 
of my choices. And that's a good thing. The second thing I wanted to say is the purpose of the lesson in the world. You know, as you mentioned, Karen, the ego wants everything external and uh, safety and camaraderie and family and, and, you know, all those things that make the ego self-secure in the external world. What the ego doesn't realize in all that striving to enhance itself because it feels little, make itself safe, etc., etc., in all that striving, it doesn't realize that the background for all of that is specialness. What I gain, my brother loses. And, um, and so striving and efforting uh, to an external cause um, blinds me. I was blind to the fact, the fact that what's going to make me happy is what my brother gains, I gain. And protecting my brother from loss is also my gain. You see, that's the purpose of the lesson. What your brother loses, you have lost. What he gains is given you. Because giving and receiving are one in truth. It's the only way. It's To me, uh, I'm going to say it truthfully, it's the only way to realize, I mean, realize with a capital R, um, what this self we share is. Um, now, forgiveness is this world's uh, form of love. And all it does is allow truth to come to my awareness. And truth is unity. Truth is unity. And that's what makes Course in Miracles different than any other path. It's the fast way. It's, it's saving time to realize that we are desperately and beautifully and wholly in love already with each other because we share the same self and we have the same Father. No other no other path to heaven is like that. And it's the path that saves time. It's why we come together on this call every day um, to enhance each other. It's a journey of enhancement. And what am I? He says, after he tells us clearly what we are, Paragraph 4 of What Am I? He says, and so we call to all our brothers to join us to consummate our joy. I choose the second place to gain the first means I would like you. I would love for you. I would feel complete and consummated if you join me in this unity. You see, it's different than any other path because it saves time. Why? Because it allows us to recognize that we are already love, that we already love love, and that the love we share is the truth of creation from our source. Um, I didn't know that even after accepting atonement for myself. For years and years, I didn't know what my brother gains, I gain, and what my brother loses. I lose, that my happiness is choosing the second place, not in sacrifice, not in sacrifice, but in allowing um, the enhancement uh, to flow from source. Um, giving and receiving are one in truth. There's one principle. It says in Lesson 108, there's one principle because the light is in it. When I share atonement, I'm doing the one thing God wills me to do. 
It's my perfect function. It's what I'm here to do. And when I've learned that that's what I want to learn and all I want to learn, um, I will understand that giving everything that I want to choose because I share the same capitalist self. Every gift I give my brother is my gift to me. Every brother who gives a gift is my gift to me. You see? Um, I'm glad I finally learned that lesson from you all. I didn't know that. Um, so that's what I wanted to say today. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. That was nice. That was great. Thank you so much. Very beautiful. Thank you for taking us back through some of the parts of the reading that were not highlighted before. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Um, this is Lana. I loved what you shared. And, um, and it was, as I was listening to the lesson being written, what popped into my mind or delivered Jesus' delivery system <laughs> um, was something John the Baptist said in Scripture where he said, referring to Jesus, you must become more as I become less. And on the surface, it looks like he's given an instruction to everyone gathered there saying, go follow him now and not me, which is true, which was true. But deep, as I look beyond, look a little deeper, He's speaking to my mentality, and he's telling me Christ must become more. The Christ mind must become more as the Lana mind becomes less or the ego identity becomes less. It's an instruction where as I move away from a separate um, and a separate identity being in the idea of holding on to my autonomy, independence. As I surrender all that and join in unity with Christ, as I make that choice where Christ becomes more and the ego mentality becomes less, eventually there's a tipping point where Christ consciousness just takes over it clicks in, and I lose awareness of the Lana mentality completely. And of course, that means that I'm abiding in an atmosphere of oneness and unity that is the perfect peace of God. So this lesson, um, and, and uh, you know, like so many have shared, you know, we're making choices all the time. But every choice that I can make, that I ever make, is between Christ consciousness and a separate ego identity. Every choice is either a true identification of self or a misidentification of self. And that plays out whatever choice I made. I always say, thank God we got to choose once again option 
and of course the miracles overall we'd all be screwed you know <laughs> because so often we choose we make the wrong choice but there's always that safety valve there to choose once again so anyhow I just wanted to share that thanks so much for listening thank you Lana <laughs> I love that share. And oh God, you know that is so great about John the Baptist and Christ. Um, that's that's beautiful. I hadn't I hadn't looked at that story that way. And that was a gift to me. Thank you. Well, thank you, Lana. That was beautiful. Really great to hear from you. And as always, you know your clarity. God speaks right through you. Thank you. Oh, God bless you. He does through all of us. Yep. Thank you. Anyone else want to leap in here that we haven't heard from? Um, This is Jessica. (laughs) I think I'll say something, although I don't know what I'm going to say. I just um, have people in the house and distractions and stuff. So um, (laughs) real choice is no illusion, but the world has none to offer. All its roads but lead to disappointment, nothingness, and death. yeah, you know, so, so I, you know, I'm here, I'm still in a body, so I still end up going down some of these illusion, illusionary, illusory choices, um, and thinking, oh, well, this would be nice, and that would be nice, and I think I'll go on a trip in the, in the winter when it's cold here, and I want to go somewhere warm, and, you know, um, many, many, many years ago, I decided that when I was going to go on vacation, which people always say, oh, are you getting excited for your vacation? And I would say, no. I I realized many years ago and decided that I'm not going to have expectations because when I do, you know, it's not going to be what I think it's going to be, and I'll be disappointed, and I won't see the good part of it because I'm looking for something that I decided should happen or be. So, you know, I, however, that was a very clear choice about vacations. I, I, I need to make that and, and have a reminder with that for everything. You know, uh, I mean, yesterday I uh, originally was going to have two daughters and one baby coming here. And one daughter was did come but was not feeling well and didn't like any of the food. And the other daughter um, had to change her flight and was sick, and she's coming later today. But And then tomorrow my son and his kids are coming. But, but you know, it's like I planned the food and I have a broken foot, so... I ordered some things to be delivered from a place that I usually like, and I like the food fine. 
but this daughter who came didn't like any of it. And I don't think I was disappointed. I don't think I, even though I did spend time and effort figuring it all out and trying to remember what food was going to be eaten which day and stuff like that, I have learned so much from this course and from all of you wise and wonderful companions. I love you so much for helping me to remember that any goal I have in this physical illusion is not the truth. It's an illusion. And the truth is love. So, um, you know, I I just tried to tell my daughter who uh, was exhausted from doing a new project at work and whatever, you know, it's okay. Go rest. You know, I had hoped we could hang out and talk and whatever, but no. And then today she went to play squash with her cousin, which is wonderful. You know, so I've learned so much from you guys about uh, putting the future in the hands of God and about um, seeing, asking Holy Spirit to show me what it is I'm seeing. And um, I hope I continue to do that because, as we know, holidays can be challenging in this respect. But um, I think I'm on, I'm on a, I'm surrounded by wisdom, so I think I'll be okay. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. Yeah. That was a that great share. Yeah. I Thank you so much. I love the way you read, too. I mean, when you're reading, I can barely follow the meaning so well. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Yesterday could have been a challenge. And it was a challenge for my wife. Um, And um, she has expectations that um, when they're not met, uh, it becomes uh, a challenge uh, for her. And... Uh, based on the kinds of things that occurred, I, uh, at one point in my life, would have seen it exactly the same way. Um, people saying they were coming for a dinner and preparing for this number of people, and then uh, you get a message saying, oh, we're not feeling well, we're not coming. And then getting a message saying, oh, we'll be there. And then uh, a third message saying, oh, well, we're not coming. And then finally saying, oh, we're feeling better. 
will be there. And so it was uh, for my wife uh, a roller coaster. Um, and uh, to her credit, she uh, took some time to herself and worked through it. But I was noticing uh, how it felt for me because it meant I had to do some things differently based on uh, who was coming. But through it all, because of the lessons and the readings, in the morning and the meditation, uh, it was, there is really no will but God. And uh, it's, it's not my will at all. Uh, if my favorite football team loses, so be it. Um, it's all within a, a thought system that I can let go of. I, I, I don't. I don't have to go there. I can be as God created me, and let everyone be as God created them, and. The only thing that's real is God's love. That's it. That's the only thing that's true. And if I can just grab a hold of that, that's my answer. It's my life jacket. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Harrison. What a useful lesson. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you yes, so much. Indeed. Thank you, Harrison. Lemoyne, are you ready? I don't want to hang up if you're going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh. I ready. I would say no, but the course tells me the readiness is eternal. <laughs> and uh I think, you know, that that's a good place to start a way to get into this. And God has never left his thoughts to die without their source forever in themselves. He has not left his thoughts. He could no more depart from them than they could keep him out. And that's starting to strike me as a little funny because I think one of the points that he's trying to make is that, or I think, Actually, in the first reading, I, I was like, I'm not getting it. But reading it with you, 
it it helped me see that this thing that you know can't keep him out because it's already in right this is the thing that our thoughts that you know us as what is creation says we are creation we the sons of God <clears throat> his but and in unity with him do we actually abide and it's in the oneness that both are kept complete so I now the the choices the world presents seem to require a scale of uh, comparison and uh, always involve some element of fear and judgment and I think that the, uh, you know, the, the real choice here is the choice between seeing things through that lens of, uh, which, you know, is perfectly valid if in, in terms of just form to choose between one and the other. You know, we don't wait for the bus in the middle of the street. You wait for the bus on the side of the street. You know, there's a difference between prudence and fear. And uh, a difference between preference and judgment. And I think, you know, the shortcut that's here is recognizing anything that separates, that requires me as individual to make some decision on a basis of fear and judgment, that that actually, unless it's done within the context that it's all one, that is something I need to recognize as a call for help and recognize that the help is already here, you know, the choice is between, is not, you know, it's not which problem or how to solve the problem, it's the choice between the problem and the answer. And, uh, you know, this, this, like he says, and at the beginning of 30, you know, decisions are continuous. And I think here he's trying to very gently lay out the 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 choice that we always make between our weakness alone in a world and that's choose between our weakness and the strength of Christ in us, which says, you know. I'm here because <laughs> this is where I am. This is where I am. This is where I was meant to be. And if it looks like it's getting hairy, well, maybe that's the call to 
let it out, you know, to not lose the vision to see that all is one and that the, the wrinkles we put on it are temporal and passing. And it really is all one. And in that vision, um, the answer can can arise. Even if the worldly problem isn't solved, at least we can learn to keep ourselves complete by not separating and preserving one. And... Yeah, I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think we can escape it. Escape the world that we made. We can recognize that it's not it's not really in charge. You know, have its effects in time, but it doesn't. You know that um, that what is a form is a effect of cause just in its creation and then it's further in effect because it is the being part, the spirit that lives and in fear we view ourselves as effect but in love we connect with that first cause that created everything and I'll be there love you all That was an awesome share, Lemoyne. Thank you so much. I love where it took me. I agree. Thank you, Lemoyne. I think it's it's a richer experience to hear from everyone. I mean, I don't know. It really it really makes me happy on the day to hear from a lot of people. And I always get a lot out of Lemoyne's shares because he always goes back to exactly what it says in the text. You know, he always redirects us exactly back to different points that are in the reading that we just did or something that's complimentary. So thank you so much. That was a gift. Well, I am. Um, well, we heard from. Thanks for. Oh, go thanks ahead, for Karen. calling me out, Karen. <laughs> go ahead, Karen. <laughs> oh, okay. So, just a couple little tiny thoughts. One is which um, yesterday I wanted to say this because I felt like it was so important. You know that that I need this to call and God is with me, and I don't remember the exact words of the lesson. Did someone know? Say that. Almost every day I think of a song that clicks into what the meaning of the lesson is for me. So yesterday, um, Jesus is my all. He's my all in all. Whenever I'm, he can hear my call. Jesus is my all. He's my all in all. And I know that he is with me when he hears my call. (laughs) So I was thinking, you know, in my mind, 
spiritual mind was trained from very, very early on to feel like God doesn't really answer, you know. Bad things happened to me as a child, and I know I prayed while they were happening, and nothing changed, you know. And um, yesterday I was really thinking, you know, I had the expectation the form would change. I didn't know how to shift my mind into just feeling the peace of my beloved. You know, I learned that in meditation and certainly over the years, but it applies to now. It applies to now. Form does not need to change. Appearances do not need to change. I have the power to shift into the place where I can feel the beloved's presence. And in that place, nothing can touch me. And and I felt like that was a really big, big thing because, um, oh, a million years ago, I did a pathway progression and I was hanging on the cross, dying. And I wasn't anybody important, you know. I wasn't a saint or anything. I was just somebody who was caught up in the whole, you know, crucifixion uh, stuff. But I kept thinking when I was hanging on that cross that, that God was supposed to come and save me. It was a mental problem. It was, it was a mind problem. I wasn't alone, and, and I know that might have been a dream. It may not have really happened. It may not really be the truth that it could have been just, you know, my imagination. I'm not going there. That's not important. But the point was, it doesn't, it's a shift in consciousness. So I have this mantra, you know, I can't lose weight, I can't lose weight, I can't do it, I'm too weak, and the ego voice is very, very bad, you know, very condemnation, all full of guilt, condemnation, self-hatred, all of it, you know, I've just been gaining and gaining and gaining for the past two years, and, you know, I'm walking, (laughs) you hear me out here in the woods every day, walking, walking, trying to exercise, doing my yoga while we're waiting for the class to start, and all this stuff, you know. The shift is, the shift is, I didn't believe God would help me. There's this childhood program in my mind that says, I can't do it. Um, God won't help me. That's the problem. The problem is, it's a distorted voice inside that says, I can't do it, and God won't help me. And you know what? In the end, it doesn't matter. This is one of the thousand tabs in the world of appearances and false choices. So it doesn't even matter on the ultimate level. But the, but the correction and the reason the lesson here is because that voice has to be, like, stopped. It has to be, God it helps me every single second. I couldn't breathe. I wouldn't exist if God wasn't doing it through me. Somehow, my ego adopted this belief, God won't help you, because, you know, childhood was pretty bad. But the correction is, God is is loving me every moment. And there was a line from the reading a few days ago, and it said, you would rush to God in love if you knew how much God loves you and that God is with you. You would rush to God in love. And that shift from that false belief, God won't help me, to the God is loving me every second. I am so loved by God. If I shift that, I open. And the joy comes in and the ecstasy and the bliss comes in. And the world is just more beautiful and everything shifts. That that egoic voice is a block to the divine. 
So you could be trying and doing and striving and all of that spiritually, and and you're still blocked. Because at some core level, you don't really think God loves you. And that's for me. I'm not saying anyone else. And um, today's lesson, you know, that that the, uh, the second place instead of the first. Um, for a short time, I was a therapist. And... I would get some clients who were heroin addicts or, you know, really in a bad way as an addiction. And and their lives were such a wreck, you know. All their choices were so bad, just like that line. You know, some people go along gaily and some people are suffering right from the start. Well, these people were in a state of suffering. And it was so easy to say, you know, you have to get into the program and turn your will and your life over to God because they knew they, they couldn't do it alone. They knew that everything was a mess. And, and then the promises of, of, you know, the 12 steps came true and they had to hear so much um, miracles, miracles, miracles from the people who, who got benefited by the promises. And it's kind of that thing, you know. People keep thinking they're going to find it out in the world. You know, this relationship didn't work, so I'm going to go find another partner. Or, you know, I don't like my job, I'm going to get... And the search is infinite and endless until they hit that place. And I just was reminded of how how much easier it is to work with people who know there's nothing else. It's either death or God. Either, you know, the Christ self or death again and again and again in a different form, disappointment, doing this, uh, going after a goal until you finally reach a place that you know it's never going to fulfill you, and then you try for something else. I love the Course so much because it's true. It just keeps coming home time and time again with the truth. And I know it in my heart. I don't have to even you know, think about it anymore. It's real. It's true. It makes total sense. I wish I could share it, you know. The other thing is don't don't um, share the evil dreams. I have so many people coming to me with their dreams of suffering, and it's a, it's a test. Don't share the evil dreams. On that note, I'll stop. Thank you so much. I love uh, sharing with all of you. That was just a marvelous share. Karen, thank you so much. Um, Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. That reminds me, the don't share the evil dream reminds me of um, somewhere in the course, I think it says not to make it real. You know, uh, I don't know if someone else knows where that is or if I'm getting it right, but... It's like when some quote-unquote problem or appearance looks like a problem and someone is experiencing it as a problem. My role as a minister of God is to help them, not by telling them that it's not a problem, (laughs) but to help to 
see beyond the problem, kind of like what the reading says, to go beyond um, and to see the um, the light uh, that's there in spite of what seems to be a problem and to not focus on, oh, dear, I'm so sorry that, you know, you're, you have this, that, or the other thing going on. Um, anyway, that reminded me of that. Thanks. Thank you, Jessica. <clears throat> Thank you, everyone. I really what enjoyed that. Great that dialogue. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, I was distracted um, by a phone call, another phone call, but I did hear part of it. And um, this, uh, you know, the making something real is... Uh, Israel is is a thought and a concern, um, I know, for everyone. Uh, we certainly don't want to make that make real what is not. But I also know that listening to a brother um, is very important too. And um, in the students that I mentor, not so many at the present time, but usually several, um, they usually call me in moments of pain, you know, that's where the need for help is greatest and where um, illusions have just taken over our mind so incredibly uh, thoroughly that we can't see the forest for the trees. So, I, you know, I'll, I'll just simply ask them or invite them you know, and tell them that I'll be happy to listen to anything they want to share. But I need to get clear on the purpose. You know, are you sharing to have your story validated, which is to make it real, or are you sharing for the purpose of healing and letting the story go uh, so we can move on? and to the truth and and of course invariably they will they will recognize in that moment that what they truly want is not to have it validated but to find out that they were wrong and to share for the purpose of letting go and then i let them share their heart out they can share whatever they want and i'll just be silent and listen because i tell you until they get that unloaded they won't hear anything of truth that I have to offer because their mind will be entwined in the story and um, they won't um, receive the gifts that God would have them know in order to heal their mind. So I think sharing for the purpose of healing is important for us and we can pick a a healing partner or do it directly with Jesus within whatever works for us but as long as our purpose is clear and we know we're not sharing you just have some you know early on in my experience of the course I had figured out the people I could call that would say oh yeah I agree the world sucks and oh you poor pitiful thing and I would get a lot of validation for my story and I also knew the friends that I could call that wouldn't do that, that would listen and tell me the truth. 
And eventually, thank God, um, those were the friends that I call now or I go, or I go to Jesus with uh, more often than not. So um, what is it for? You know, it's an important question Jesus asks us in our study and practice of A Course of Miracles when it comes to our mind activity. What is this for? And um, I can't ask it enough. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, man. I so appreciate your wisdom, Lana. That was marvelous. Thank you. That was a gift. Yes, Lana. I'm glad it's recorded. Thank you, Lana. That was great. Well, these last few minutes, you guys have taken me right to um, this beautiful poem. Um, I think sums it up. It's from Teresa of Avila. It's called Feeling Desperate. <clears throat> Speaking of the heights um, in our reading. Anyway, the earth and the sky will open their purse for you and your life will change. If with all your heart you say these words each day, teach me, dear God, all that you know. Teach me, dear God, all that you know. One night, I walked through the streets feeling desperate in need of alchemy. A hooded priest passed by where there were no lamps. I could not see his face. I only heard these words that he kept repeating. Teach me, dear Lord, all that you know. And I knew a treasure had entered my soul. Isn't that beautiful? We're all we're all going home and how desperately we need each other to recognize our holy purpose and complete and thank you everyone for a beautiful call. I'll end the recording, but um, as is the case oftentimes.